Welcome to another edition of the Artist Block Podcast. I am your host, Watricia Schuler, and today we have some incredibly talented and interesting guests. Um, they're filmmakers, artists, founder of GSO Vibes. Welcome to the show, Kevin and Andrea. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that y'all are going to be here today, and I'm happy to get started and talk to you all. So I want to know, how did you both discover your love for the arts? And when did you discover it? Do you remember? You can go first. Okay. Well, (laughs) um, I started out uh, as a musician uh, with the guitar. Nice. And I ended up going to school for guitar, and, and after I graduated, I was... I moved to China to to, wow. play, to teach guitar and to to perform. So you were um, really good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was my, uh, my my yeah. So the yeah. arts were sort of my whole career, gotcha. um, up until COVID, mm-hmm. and then uh, after at, at that point I came back from China and I was looking for a new sort of I thing to do. I, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't want to um, start gigging again like as a guitarist mm-hmm. during COVID. So um, so I. I I had always been into photography. Mm-hmm. I started film uh, in pretty much in Greensboro, okay. uh, just just playing around with the camera and making short films, and mm-hmm. it turned into uh, a business. That's so interesting that you were a musician and you kind of migrated over into the visual world. How did you teach yourself to do it? Was it like a natural gift? Were you researching? Did you have a mentor? Like, yeah, I, I spent a lot of the time in quarantine watching YouTube videos about how to use a camera. <laughs> Um, just like just from using all the different settings to, yeah. to getting better and better photos of yeah. uh, getting better light um, nice. and just just watching hours of, of tutorials it was yeah. was kind of the the thing that got me into having yeah. some ability with it gotcha YouTube University yeah yes yeah. <laughs> we love her <laughs> yes oh so Andre how did you get started so um, I've been drawing and painting and doing visual mediums of various kinds since I was like a little kid. Like mm-hmm. my mom has the story that she loves to tell people that at two years old, I stole all of her lipsticks and drew on all of the walls. And wow. that's how she knew she, that I was an artist. That's what yeah. she says. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I've been in the visual art realm for a while now, but it's always been drawing and painting. And Sometime in high school, I did a project on conceptual art. Mm-hmm. Um, the Probably one of the most iconic examples of conceptual art is uh, Marcel Duchamp's like upside down urinal, if you know what I'm talking about. I have no idea, but I'm gonna look it up. Yep, yeah. it's, it's a, <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a piece. Um, but the whole point of his piece of the upside down urinal and conceptual art in general is basically making the statement that everything is art and everyone's an artist mm-hmm. and the act of creation and expressing is an integral part of like human beings and all this Mm. stuff anyway the point is is that i became obsessed with the concept that art is constant Mm -hmm. and thinking about how to push the boundaries of art Mm. and i think that's what made it so easy for me to go from so i I sing i Mm. dance um the thing that i'm best at is drawing and watercolor but uh i think that's why it was so easy for me to kind of literally stumble into filmmaking with kevin Mm -hmm. because i like the like having 
a piece of equipment or mm -hmm. a variety of pieces of equipment that can record so many different aspects mm -hmm. of those other mediums of mm -hmm. painting and drawing, of dancing, of singing, mm -hmm. um, and the, bring it all together, I think is what drew me so much to filmmaking and using filmmaking as like the best tool for, again, pushing those boundaries of what is art, what isn't art, mm -hmm. who is an artist, like what is good art and that kind of stuff. Right. So that's what I, yeah, that's nice. how I kind of have uh, continuously progressed my passion for art and, and used it now for filmmaking. Nice. I don't even know if I told you this when we met before, but I feel something similar for myself when it comes to filmmaking because I can draw really well. I, mean, I can do a lot of different things, but I can draw really well. I can paint. I was into photography at one point, airbrushing. I played the clarinet in middle school. I don't consider myself a musician, but I played it in middle school, but I just love the arts. Uh, but I felt like with filmmaking, it gave me the most um, control and ability to really bring my ideas into the physical world that I wasn't able to have with a 2D medium like illustration because it's like an audio visual experience. So I totally feel you in terms of like bringing all of your arts together. Uh, I want to backtrack a bit because you said conceptual art. Define what that is. <laughs> I love the fact that that's what you asked me because the whole like so in high school we had a project that we had to pick a type of art like mm -hmm. a impressionist painting or I don't even remember a pop yeah. art or something mm -hmm. we had to pick one and then do a project that defined it mm -hmm. and basically conceptual art what I learned based on the research I did at the time um, is any kind of art that makes you think hmm. and the way that it's taught like not only in school, but also like online when I was doing the research mm -hmm. is that um, it's specifically about the relationship between like the creator and the audience, the creator posing like a question and mm -hmm. the audience kind of coming up with an answer or mm -hmm. something in their minds. But I thought that that was too specific. Mm -hmm. um, and I basically came to the conclusion that conceptual art is art that makes you think, which means that all art is conceptual art because all art makes you think. All every every time you look at a piece of art or listen to a piece of art or experience it or feel mm. it, whether you like in dance or other movement, mm -hmm. uh, you're thinking. You're mm. you're creating. You know, you're you're processing sensation. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, all art is conceptual conceptual art. And in which case, because everything is art, everything that is created is mm. can be considered a piece of art everything is conceptual art i just i that's the paper i wrote gotcha and my my uh teacher at the time hated it and gave me a zero <laughs> <laughs> told me i was wrong <laughs> and i had to write the paper over again and i ended up just picking a completely different subject because he just like would not accept my definition of conceptual <laughs> art um so yeah that, and i and i think that that was like a really monumental and continues to be a really monumental point in my art experience and artist mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. because it just like again it just continuously I always come back to like whenever somebody talks about um you know like whether or not uh this song is good or not mm -hmm. it's I always come back to like does it push the boundaries of art and that to me is what makes art good it's like mm -hmm. does it push the the concept that it's talking about mm -hmm. um and we can go further and further into I could ramble on forever yes. well about let it. me say this to <laughs> from that do you when you say does it enforce the concept meaning is it effectively communicating the message that it's intended to communicate no okay is it it's it it's kind of part of that because again it's um 
the original or like traditional um, definition of conceptual art is like that the that the creator is posing something mm -hmm. and that the audience is responding. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it's not as like linear or as like clear. Mm -hmm. I think it's about um, and how do I put this? Like the the art um, creates some sort of response. So what makes it good art is whether or not that response is deeply moving for okay. the audience. Okay. And that's, again, really subjective because some people would say, well, you know, one person might experience a piece of art as deeply moving and the rest of the world doesn't. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's bad art because it's only affecting one person. Um, or maybe it's impacting the whole world, but it's mm. not impacting this one person. So mm -hmm. that one person will say that it's bad art because it's not being impactful. Gotcha. But I think that that's precisely like the question that I, I, that I like to dive yeah. into and there is no right answer. And right. It's all subjective yeah. based on the perception of the audience. Yes. Yeah. Not so much the artists themselves, but how the audience responds to that piece. Exactly. And yes. sometimes the creator can be their own audience as well, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think if I produce a piece of art that I can like truly resonate with my own experience, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, mm -hmm. then that would be good art. But sometimes I create something and I'm like, that says this doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> and then I'm like, this isn't good anymore. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So that is so interesting. You should write a book on that. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll try. <laughs> I bet at some point or another in my life, I'm sure I'll try. <laughs> yeah, that is so interesting. Uh, okay, so how did you two connect and how did GSO Vibes, how was it born? Right. Well, the way that we know each other, like first and foremost, mm -hmm. is um, that we both went to Weaver mm -hmm. and so did his younger sister, mm -hmm. Kat, and she and I were in the same grade and we were both visual artists. So I met Kevin by being Kat's friend. Gotcha. Um, but the way that we started GSO Vibes was that uh, because Kat was my friend, she also mm. was my roommate at one point. Mm. And Kevin came over to hang out with Kat and Kevin was filming something on his camera. And I was like, what are you doing there? And he was like, mm. I'm just filming. And I was like, oh, you should teach me to do that sometime. Mm. And he was like, okay, I'll teach you right now. And I was <laughs> like, right now, like, what do you mean? <laughs> and, uh, and so then we started hanging out and he would like show me how to use the camera and like, mm. Um, all the different settings on it. And uh, and then he started like editing the footage that we'd get and put mm. it into videos. And I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, and so then I started inviting him to go to places with me in Greensboro. And I think one night we went to Shanks and, um, and I was like saying hi to a bunch of people. And he was mm. like, you have such a cool life. And I was like, <laughs> nah, dude, Greensboro is just cool. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's how GSO Vibes was born. It's just like me being passionate yeah. about Greensboro, Kevin being passionate about the camera and filmmaking, and then us being passionate about like putting that together and creating stories out of it. So that is such an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> so what what was the first piece that you collaborated and created for GSO Vibes? Um, well, we one one thing that I, I had been doing just a, as a videographer, I would go to a restaurant or a place with my camera and make a little video. Mm -hmm. And then I'd, and then I'd like give them a sample kind of as a way to like drum up business. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think of ways to do this more, uh, kind of where I had like, kind of like a series or mm -hmm. something. So, um, so I think that the first thing that the first time we, we made a video together, 
was at McCool. Mm -hmm. um, and then that was like we, we were just kind of playing around with the camera and we, we kind of, that was our first uh, uh, sort of official episode and mm -hmm. that turned into the first official episode. But then um, I think we, you know, we, then we went to the pizzeria, Pizzeria L'Italiano on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. And we went in and we did a, an interview and we shot some B-roll and threw it together. And at that point we were thinking, okay, well, if we have like a series, um, we can maybe pitch it to sponsors mm -hmm. um, if that are interested in, in like promoting Greensboro. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, what like the first the first organization that was interested in uh, was downtown Greensboro. Mm -hmm. um, so we we kind of had some so we, we developed some interest and kind of that gave us some momentum to at mm -hmm. this point where we're, we have uh, a season of. 20 episodes that's ready to roll out with GSO Vibes. So that would make sense because the first two businesses that you did were downtown, McCall's and the Pizzeria, right? right. So that would make sense that DGI would be interested to, to use this as a promotional tool for the organization and for the businesses downtown, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I know that your second sponsor was the Chamber of Commerce, right? Mm -hmm. Chamber of Commerce. So how did that relationship come about? I think they reached out to us, oh, if yeah. I'm not right. mistaken. I think um, probably Downtown Greensboro Incorporated, like, like somebody in mm. DGI spoke mm. to somebody in the chamber and they were like, yeah, like yeah. GSO Vibes is cool. You should try it out. You know? <laughs> and uh, and uh, we had a meeting with one of the marketing representatives mm -hmm. and um, and she was like, yeah, we, we want you to mm. do GSO Vibes videos for our members. Nice. Um, and that's how we ended up doing uh, the artist block yes. being one of them. Um, Jim Gallucci, Transform GSO and more music are the four, right? Yeah. That we did, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so most of them are downtown businesses. Uh, for se for season one, most mm. of them are downtown businesses, but the four that were Chamber of Commerce were chamber members. Yes. Um, do the videos for the chamber since you're working with the chamber and DJI? Do they have to be people who are downtown in the chamber, or you can be downtown, or you can just be a member of the chamber? You can be downtown or be a member of the chamber. Um, yeah. I mean, it really it's it really just depends on on the sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, Arts Greensboro or something were to sponsor us, um, then we would do like the people that they wanted us to do. Gotcha. Um, or the entities that they wanted us to do, just gotcha. as an example. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Um, with this, are you trying to approach other organizations to work as sponsors, or are you good with the two that you have now? You kind of want to build and, and shift a bit. Like, what's what's the direction right now? Um, Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I could talk about it. Yeah. I, that's I like that question because yeah. we've been thinking a lot about what what we're doing with GSO vibes, and mm -hmm. um, we we've looked at uh, we we were at a, at a time we we had a, a, a like a booklet we would mm -hmm. go and pitch you know mm -hmm. come sponsor GSO vibes. Um, we, like here, here's here's our rates for uh, per episode, and mm -hmm. um, and at this point, we're we're trying to m move towards uh, crowd crowdsourced funding, mm -hmm. like uh, Patreon, which is which you can uh, have subscribers that that give monthly or mm -hmm. uh, Kickstarter for certain projects that like a film that um, where everyone can kind of pitch in for maybe some kind of. Um, if you have like a product, they'll mm -hmm. they'll get they'll pre-order it. Mm -hmm. um, we're we're and and also uh, grant writing because mm -hmm. we're we're trying to have as much of our own voice as we as we can and, and not necessarily have to um, have 
cater to any kind of organizations that are necessarily sponsors. Gotcha. Um, but at the, at the same time, we're 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 slowly making that transition. We're, I think that um, the, these are the things that we're working towards, just as as far as steps mm. that you you can make as a, as entrepreneurs in, mm. in in an art field. Uh, it requires kind of a balance. Gotcha. So gotcha. the next season that we're working on is hopefully going to be specifically musicians. We're not like completely consolidated on what the season's gonna be or who mm -hmm. the artists are, um, mm -hmm. but that's that's the plan is to transition from businesses to musicians. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was thinking when you were talking because I know right now you have sponsorships, and I know when sponsorships you have limitations that you wouldn't have when you begin to self fund your business. Um, what do you? And, and, I, and let me backtrack that because having sponsors is a blessing, mm -hmm. especially as early as you got them in, in your situation. Um, yes, money's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good because, like you said, it does give you cushion to, like, breathe and think and really strategize about, like, your next approach and what you're trying to do. Um, you mentioned applying for the grants. You mentioned um, Patreon. What are other things that you are planning out or you know, being very strategic about your approach in terms of creating revenue for the business once you move past it's got the sponsorship component. Mm -hmm. um, Gia Survives is just one aspect of like, I mean, I shouldn't say it's just one aspect. It is the main thing that we're focusing on right now. Mm -hmm. um, it is a brand, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, it is an idea. It is a platform for artists mm -hmm. and musicians and other creatives. Mm -hmm. um, but we ha the, our LLC is Lemon Time Studios. Lemon um, Time Studios? Lemon Time Studios. Okay. So that's the name of our company. I gotcha. And basically what our plan is in the long term is to, so Lem so GSO Vibes is, is this concept and idea and a film series and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And then Lemon Time Studios is a videography service provider. Mm -hmm. So we create videos for clients um, and 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 uh, Greens uh, Greensburg Chamber of Commerce is one of those clients, mm -hmm. but we have uh, clients who are friends. For example, um, we ha one of our friends is uh, an independent caterer, so mm -hmm. we work with him to create videos for his independent catering company. Mm -hmm. um, we also have clients that are are just regular people, also starting up their own things, and they mm -hmm. need video content. Um, so my point is, is that Lemon Time Studios is creating videos for clients and um and then the money that goes into lemon time studios gets rechanneled into the brands that we want to develop one of those brands is gso vibes another one of those brands would be like my personal brand for example um bailey the bus i mm -hmm. own a school bus mm -hmm. and i want to renovate it mm -hmm. and that is going to be a brand in itself because i want to record the process of bailey becoming bailey right <laughs> um Kevin wants to develop a brand for himself that has to do with his guitar, both mm -hmm. in performance and in the travels that he's done with guitar and uh, with teaching guitar. Gotcha. So that's kind of the like step by step, like where the money comes from and where the money goes and where we want it to go. Mm -hmm. Like kind of we were talking about like sponsorships kind of limit you mm -hmm. as to what content you can create. Mm -hmm. um, we want to create our own content, but there is some content that we have to create for others. Mm -hmm. um, and that generates some of the revenue. Right. If that makes, does this make sense? It makes total sense. Okay. And I was thinking about that because myself as a filmmaker, that was a dilemma that I faced for a while is that 
when I got into it, I was just thinking as a creative, like I'm creating stuff for myself and for my own self-expression and things of that nature. But when you think about it as something that you're using to make money or as a professional or career, it can move beyond what you're creating for personal expression because you have to create for other people. And sometimes when you do that, well, at least for me on that journey, at one point, it was making me not love film anymore because I wasn't creating for myself and my self-expression. I was creating for somebody else who didn't study film, who didn't care about art. You know what I'm saying? It was just like a marketing tool or whatever the case may be. And it was kind of taken away from that creative spirit within me. Uh, I mean, I have grown past that now and I'm able to separate the two and understand that I have to create stuff for myself. And then I also have to create this to make money. Um, but it was a process for me to get there. So the point of that is I totally get what you're saying because you're building a business and the purpose of a business is to make money. You know what I'm saying? And even though your business is centered around your art and your art naturally began as a form of self-expression so i totally get what you're saying i feel yeah. like i learned that lesson like from kevin actually. yeah i don't know if you want to speak on it more but that's uh that's something i, I wouldn't have thought about like compartmentalizing mm -hmm. personal mm -hmm. art and professional art essentially. yeah yeah because it's hard i like if you're not when you initially are an artist you're thinking like oh i'm gonna grow up and be an artist make money from it, but you're not thinking about the type of compromises that you're going to have to endure to do that and you don't even like looking at quote-unquote professional artists that we see on tv or out in the world they're compromising too to a certain degree we just don't realize that they're compromising it right. um so yeah i think that is a hard lesson to learn in your journey mm -hmm. of becoming a professional artist is that you do have to get to the place where you're making stuff for yourself over here and then you make stuff over here to make money and it's oh, yeah okay well, oftentimes that, that can be kind of a lifesaver or it can yeah. be what you end up doing. Because mm -hmm. if you're if you're making videos for clients, making some promo videos, but then on the side you make you know, you make some interesting series that, mm -hmm. that people that people like, that's your that's a great portfolio that of work that will eventually attract the kind of the kind of support that right. you that you want if you if you continue with that right. uh, that uh, habit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's Good. another point is mm -hmm. that um, Lemon Time is something that we want to make into a community like mm -hmm. for all of our artist friends that want to participate. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is just a really just like super recent idea that I had. So I mm -hmm. haven't let go of my drawing and painting. Mm -hmm. I just am not making money off of it right now. Mm -hmm. um, and one idea that I have is that like, you know, I record myself doing my drawings and paintings, but that in itself doesn't make money. Mm -hmm. And I can sell prints, but what can the prints be of? Mm -hmm. What if I'm making prints that are about Kevin's guitar teaching or mm -hmm. about my friend's uh, choir teaching mm -hmm. or about our other friends like food catering, you know? Mm -hmm. Because then the people who, the, the audiences of these other uh, entities, whether mm -hmm. it be friends or companies or whatever, um, want to purchase products or merchandise or support um, those uh, entities or those people um, can also support me by purchasing the art. And some of the money goes to myself, some of the because I made the art, mm -hmm. some of the money goes to the person because it's about them. Mm -hmm. And some of the money goes to the company, um, you know, to continue like stimulating that because mm -hmm. the company is essentially sponsoring all of it. Um, yeah. Um, because you're speaking a lot about series with your business and I know you do have your videography services over here is the goal to make eventually focus on creating more content for the, the channel, a YouTube channel. Cause you're trying to build up a YouTube channel for just the vibes or, or well, 
okay, I take that back. GSO Vibes is his own entity. Mm -hmm. Then the other series that you're making, they're their own entities as well. So they're all going to be their own channels, mm -hmm. right? right? Does that make sense? Okay, never mind. I'm thinking like grouping them all together. Mm -hmm. All the videos will be on the same channel, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, okay. The plan then is GSO Vibe is kind of like a um, like a pilot program to figure mm -hmm. out the approach, what you're trying mm -hmm. to do, get the strategy down, pack, and then you can take that strategy and replicate it on the other brands. You got it. Yes, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. But we want to keep GSO Vibes going because yeah. it's so cool. <laughs> yes, it is very cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, nice. What have you encountered so far that has been challenging with you building up this brand of GSO Vibes? Um, I would say the most challenging thing for me uh, is just after only being a, a filmmaker for two years, just mm -hmm. the organization of everything yeah. um, from uh, just having lots of files because I'll, I'll go out and I'll, I'll shoot and and I'll, I'll at, at the beginning of, of filmmaking, I think it's important to to shoot a lot mm -hmm. because you're you're learning what looks good and what doesn't, and and being being a also having to be a getting out of that phase and into the business person phase phase of of okay, you go go in, you get you have your shot list, you get your shots, you organize your files afterwards, mm -hmm. you you have a whole workflow. You have if you have I mean you're usually dealing with clients, so you mm -hmm. have a client workflow. You have mm -hmm. to you know, reply to emails and, and have, have materials for them, um, pitch things. And mm -hmm. so developing all of that, it's all, it's all just new. Yeah. Um, so that, that's probably one of the biggest things for me is just have, is just getting my hands into the kind of the organization side mm -hmm. of, of running the business. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, at first I, I, I was kind of just winging it mm -hmm. with, with, with the camera and, I can do this for you, and and now it's becoming more and more sort of honed. Yeah, uh, which is is relieving a lot of stress. <laughs> yes, organization is the key. Yeah. Man. Yes, especially when you are like working with a bunch of files and like um you know I don't know if she told you but I teach filmmaking and graphic design. It's like that's I tell them with editing in particular. Like the key to editing is organization and keyboard shortcuts you yeah, know and that'll right. help you edit quickly <laughs> yes <laughs> um but like when those files are all over the place it becomes so much like but when mm -hmm. you have them organized like okay this is my video folder this is my audio folder this is my well, i use premiere these are my premiere files like it just helps you move quickly with it yeah um and then even with running a business like you have to be organized you have to have like a plan of action like winging it is not a plan like <laughs> even though like winging it is the plan winging it is not a plan you know what I mean? so it's like you have to have like a plan of action to execute to move forward because you're going to mess yourself up mess yourself up eventually if you don't have it so i totally agree with you man yeah <laughs> what, what has been something that's been challenging for you so far in this journey so um this is not a slight at kevin but organization is not a problem for me i'm <laughs> overly organized i'm so organized that like i you know, I have too many files and I mean, too many folders. And then I realized, wait a minute, like these folders can be consolidated. Yes. And the fact that I go through that thought process goes to show like, I'm so organized, I'm organizing my organization. Like, yes. <laughs> um, and it's, and it can actually be hindering. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, uh, I think the challenge that I experienced in the beginning of filmmaking is mm -hmm. that, um, you know, Kevin just would just like go for it. He would just mm -hmm. slap yeah. all those all that footage yeah. into the timeline on Adobe <laughs> Premiere and just start clipping things and it would be like on like a bunch of different layers and levels and I was just like, What's going on? Yes. Me on the other hand, I have to like I have like a very specific process <laughs> of like how to go through footage, 
what um like what i take notes on mm. like how i'm gonna edit before i edit mm. um and then so like and so because i know that it's so tedious and meticulous for me because i'm so like step by step so organized um that i just don't do it like mm. i just like you know i, I like avoid it at all costs yeah. and i'm like yeah i'm gonna edit today and then i i go like i sit down on my laptop and i like go through my emails and i like i just keep <laughs> avoiding it um so that was like the very the first like challenge but then the second challenge is is remaining consistent about it mm -hmm. um because you know you keep you find new ways to do stuff um and that's and that's great mm -hmm. but sometimes you just have to follow through with what you started because again because i'm, I'm so organized and so like focused on like having the perfect process for the product mm -hmm. um i would just like i'll just like scrap everything i did for mm -hmm. no reason like i would just be like I don't, uh, you know what, I'm starting over. And yes. like, <laughs> I'm like, and then I look back at like the original work and I'm like, this was fine. Like, why did I do that? Yes. <laughs> so we've come to the part in the show that I like to call the playbook. Cause you're giving people the plays, the play by play to get into this industry in this particular profession. So, uh, I want you to give the people five practical steps to get into becoming a artist of a, um, digital medium because i don't want to like label it filmmaker because i think you all encompass a whole lot as artists so we just say artists within this digital medium yeah of video production do you want me to say them yeah okay or we so, can, I'll, I'll like pitch in on each one maybe. yeah so i'm gonna say them first and okay. then we can go back over them more okay um because we kind of sat down and and define or you know determine these five mm -hmm. um the first one I uh, I would say, or we would say, uh, identify your values and goals. Okay. Second is establish an entity or uh, measures of protection, like an LLC, mm -hmm. or you know, figure out what it means to be a sole proprietor, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, mm -hmm. or or the taxes necessary to be a freelancer. Mm -hmm. um, the third is to develop, create, establish. Uh, supporting relationships mm -hmm. um, and then the fourth is to specify and continuously progress your product or service mm -hmm. and then finally is to be patient and enjoy the work so those are their five steps nice and we'll go back oh, I'm sorry. Okay. we'll go back over them <laughs> okay so, um, starting with, I had questions but yes go ahead yeah <laughs> so I'll start with the identify yeah. values yeah okay so I think, in, I mean, even in life as mm -hmm. people, like, you know, when you're trying to figure out, like, what do I do with myself? Who do I want to be? You know, you have to kind of figure out, like, what you value and, and what your goals are to embody those values. Mm -hmm. And so with uh, with your business or with an entity, like an entrepreneurship type of situation, you kind of have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And you do have to kind of separate yourself from it because, you know, you have your work, you have yourself, and then you have, like, applying the work in yourself in a business context. Mm -hmm. um, and that is what you have to ident identify. What is the value and goal um, of that entity? Mm -hmm. um, so just using GSO Vibes as an example, like my value in life, me personally, is to like adventure and explore. Mm -hmm. At least that's one of them. Um, that's not the same as GSO Vibes necessarily. GSO Vibes is much more about community mm -hmm. and about collaboration. Mm -hmm. So that, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and then again, like if I want to adventure and explore, that's why I purchased a school bus. Mm -hmm. um, GSO Vibes being about community is uh, the goal is about 
uh, develop is, is to establish connections between entities, between mm. other businesses and other people. So yeah. that's one is identify your values and goals. Mm. The second is, um, oh gosh, I forgot it already. Okay, well hold Wait. on, because you're saying identify your values and goals, but you're also um, saying them specifically for the business and then specifically for yourself. Are you saying it's important to understand both and to understand the place of both when identifying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, because they can overlap, but they don't need to overlap because it's a particular, GSO Vibes is a particular brand. So you can't necessarily bring your personal self so into that. To use an example of like uh, not accomplishing that, mm -hmm. um, I have always wanted to sell my prints, mm -hmm. sell physical art of drawings and, and paintings and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I haven't figured out why I want to sell them or how mm. to sell them or mm. how they play into my personal value. Like drawing and painting and then selling those drawings and paintings don't really fit into the value of adventuring and exploring, which is a big one of my personal, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So because I haven't figured that out, I haven't really pursued a practice in that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, if, for example, I identify that my value for uh, and and this is just an example I haven't necessarily decided on. Mm -hmm. But if I feel that the reason for selling prints of mine is because I want to share my experience exploring and adventuring, mm -hmm. that is the value that I would base my business model off of. Mm -hmm. um, is because then the content, instead of it being about, you know, cats and dogs and flowers is going to be <laughs> about the landscape landscapes I see mm -hmm. when I go out on my school bus for example does right. that make sense right it does make yeah. sense yes yes totally yeah did you want to add something I'm sorry well, well I think that the it's also a pretty important conversation to have with yourself as you in multiple times throughout having a business because you might start out just saying you know I love I love using a camera and some people I have some people that that need work so mm -hmm. I, I I'll start a business and then and then that that picks up and then you're doing a bunch of client work uh which you you're and you're making money with you know with the camera or with your with your art but it's not necessarily what you want to do and if you're if you continually ask what your values are you can one you can kind of separate that mm -hmm. and and have a place for for your your art that's that's personal like we talked about before mm -hmm. um having like a personal practice but um but also it helps you to, to to create a business that that gets you doing what you, what you want to work that you enjoy right um so so having kind of having those goals mm -hmm. is is important and then at, towards the sort of the brand uh development part of your business uh people will relate with those values if they if they're clear mm -hmm. um and and if they're genuine so mm -hmm. if you if you realize what 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 feels genuine and in practice expressing it um in a, in a terms of like a brand or brand is really just like how it's like the personality that you're using to connect with with people with a certain idea i guess mm -hmm. um so that that's kind of the, the idea of, of, of starting out with with your values mm -hmm. and i was going to add to that because you made me think about it as you were talking i think it's also important for people um that even though you have to like make money and do what you have to do to make money you don't have to do everything to make money. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? All money isn't good money. So even when shooting for other companies or doing that, make sure that's still in alignment with like, like make sure you can sleep at night, mm -hmm. basically with what you're doing. Don't do anything that's gonna like really compromise your integrity as a person. I just wanted to 
that dynamic. Add mm-hmm. that in Because I think that also goes with like how you were saying, understand who you are and be very clear about it. If you do understand who you are, you very clear about it. You can't do certain things without it messing with you, you know, mm-hmm. at night yeah. and messing with your integrity. So that's what I'm going to throw that out there. No, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Step two. Step two um, was to establish a structure um, or, me- or protective measures and do you want to talk about i think you should talk about it first because you started out as a freelancer before Mm. we started doing this yeah so i think you should talk about your experience as a freelancer okay so living living time studios started out the the first kind of iteration was lemon time media Mm -hmm. and it was uh and it was kind of my freelance name um i I just you know i had a a business card um i i would i would do basically contract like work agreements under like with myself as a sole proprietor mm-hmm. um and, and in a lot of cases it was it was not even having work agreements but it was, it was people were just you know would pay me for for a video and mm-hmm. then and this progressed and to into us you know when i met andrea she she was really uh strict with mm-hmm. me that we, we got to start an llc we got to have like real uh um contracts and mm-hmm. and like and and she's like and you know like keep the keep the numbers a lot better and like uh like a lot more spreadsheets a lot more a lot like our google docs is looking looks looks amazing uh we we've got like so we've got like workflow software that we that we that we're using together um uh so i i started out yeah with without a lot of these structures Mm -hmm. and and it and it did make it kind of i mean it wasn't and uh, what I was, I wasn't making enough to sustain myself mm-hmm. and, and I was doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a slow process of realizing what I, what I needed to do in order to make it kind of more streamlined mm-hmm. so that I could, um, you know, be a reliable business that, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, is consistent with, with what, with what they can put out. For yeah. You. Totally agree with that. <laughs> Thank God for Andrea. and i would not even claim to know all that much about the different options we went with an llc because we were two people for Mm -hmm. one and um but like i don't know enough i don't know a whole lot about doing like taxes as a freelancer for example Mm -hmm. we will be learning about how to do taxes as an llc this coming and kevin was actually the one that was like maybe we should plan a consultation no, with like an accountant is, yeah, or something. Definitely, definitely <laughs> and I was need like, to do that. you know what, Kevin, kudos to you for that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like, even even if you're just um, selling your, like even if you're just freelancing mm-hmm. and like um, selling your work, like like you said, like you just verbally agree, like, oh, like you want a mm-hmm. video, like here's a video and you pay me money. Mm-hmm. Um, even in those circumstances, like it's totally normal to have a super small, sure. simple written agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I say this like to a lot of my friends, uh, I'm, I'm saying this because I have plenty of friends who have, you know, dived head first into mm-hmm. like selling their work. Mm-hmm. And then they turn around and realize that like they did, they didn't cover their intellectual property. So they lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't uh, have a formal agreement of the money. So they didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, they, uh, their work got even even like they got paid they still have the intellectual property but their work got reproduced in such a way that they didn't want it to be or mm-hmm. got edited in a way that they didn't want it to be mm-hmm. like those are situations that happen if you don't like prepare yourself for the legal stuff mm-hmm. and the technical stuff mm-hmm. and the money stuff mm-hmm. and that's like a really important thing to do very like, much so. very much so totally agree with that especially if you like 
taking yourself seriously as a business person. Yes, totally agree with that. Right. And especially because like, I mean, you know, if you can afford to like basically Mm -hmm. lose money and Mm -hmm. lose your intellectual property, Mm -hmm. which some people do have that privilege, then it's, uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable process to kind of flail through Mm it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But those of those of you (laughs) who want to like do it and know that like if you put money if you if your hard-earned money is going into something Mm -hmm. and you need it to make your money back Mm -hmm. then like it's really important to have those things right i agree all right (laughs) step three i'm loving it (laughs) uh what is step three the relationships yeah Yeah. you want to go or do you want to go first um you could go so we we uh it can be when we talk about relationships there are personal relationships and there are professional relationships um i'll talk about the personal first mm-hmm. um pretty simple like my mom is my go-to mm-hmm. in terms of like when i need to talk about business mm-hmm. um in terms of like when i need to seek help in business i have a mentor and mm-hmm. that is my mom um mm-hmm. she is a lawyer so nice helps me out a lot you know um <laughs> And, uh, and she, but, she, but it's like an established thing in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. and I have other mentors, but it's really good to like, just kind of have like this established, like relationship with a particular person that you can go to for questions about business stuff, about legal stuff, mm-hmm. about the money stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like one personal, another one is about like troubles in your, like the struggle that you are experiencing in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have like a core friend that mm-hmm. like you basically like have a conversation with them that's like, can I always come to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and typically people have like a friend that they could do that anyway mm-hmm. with, but um, some people don't really, either they don't get business stuff. So mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like useless mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk to them because they can't like really provide feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just don't it's it's really tedious things to listen to so they don't they don't want to hear it um mm-hmm. so yeah that's what i mean about personal mm-hmm. um is having those specific people and then uh professional is about establishing when once you begin to establish a relationship whether with a client or with a sponsor mm-hmm. or uh with a networking person mm-hmm. um it's important to remain consistent with those relationships. And I, and I will admit that I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because since it is not a personal relationship, it's, it's hard to not, it's not that there isn't personability in professional relationships, mm-hmm. but because there is like that filter of like, this is business. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of makes you want to only talk to them when you're like either pitching or asking if that makes any sense right it makes total sense and so and it's important to like remember like these are human beings too and Mm -hmm. so you know (laughs) and like you want to you want to develop a relationship like with people that you're working with right it's just like in in a in a workplace like you Mm -hmm. if you're uh i've worked in restaurants Mm -hmm. um most of my life and like if your fellow servers like if you never talk to them about anything outside of like pass me this pass me that you know like Mm -hmm. did you get your table like they're not going to like you. They're not right. going to be, they're not going to be chill with you at work. Um, so it's important to do the same uh, in terms of like, you know, your emails, like they don't need to be, I, again, I struggle with this. I want to be very like, this is what we're doing, you know, very <laughs> <Right>. robotic. <laughs> and Kevin's like, maybe like change that point period into an exclamation. Point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Do I sound mean? <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I mean with like professional relationships. Yeah. And if you want to add to all of that, you will. 
Um, well, let's say as far as personal relationships go, your your circle of friends or whoever you spend the most time with mm-hmm. are, are going to really have a, a lot of influence. It depends kind of on your uh, where you're at with like with your journey, because maybe you don't want to have everybody doing uh, the same thing as you do it when you're when you're working. But mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning, it's it's super critical to, to learn from to what we we. We for the first time we went we went onto a, a independent film set mm-hmm. and um, and it was just really amazing to like to just learn from other videographers and, mm-hmm. and, and make friends with people who they just talk you know the, they their daily lives are, are very similar and right. it's cool to see um, it kind of helps you helps you to with the grind when you're when you're you might be not I think we we both kind of haven't had a lot of filmmaker of mm-hmm. uh, like influences. Uh, comparatively you know yeah. to someone who's been in the industry so uh so getting in getting your making your circle kind of more centered around around the industry that you're in is is super helpful to kind of get your mind always thinking about it yeah um, and it helps you stay motivated because you're like around yeah. like-minded individuals yeah yeah i agree with that i struggle myself with relationships like continuing to cultivate relationships because it's like i'm not a talker yeah. <laughs> like if I if I need something, I'm gonna ask you for it. But it's like some people just love to talk. Like they're just people, people, people. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they just love to talk and they just call you all the time. It's like I struggle with that myself, and I'm yeah. working on that yeah. myself. You know. Well, I think that's actually a really great point. Like it's okay if that's who you are, and and that's great if yeah. you can find other people who are like that. Like mm-hmm. we would probably would do great. If yeah. Just being like, all right, like we know that we don't need to like <laughs> call all the time. Or right. Um, but like. Because, like, with uh, certain artist friends, of, uh, specifically visual artist friends of mine, visual mm-hmm. artists, because um, typically visual art is very individual, mm-hmm. um, I think can relate to, like, being more isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, a lot of w- when it comes to those friends that don't necessarily want to have, like, constant social interaction mm-hmm. to maintain that professional relationship, mm-hmm. um, those visual artist friends of mine, I, we're kind of at an understanding that's, like, we want to, like, do mm. art collabs together or mm. like ask each other art mm. questions that are kind of like more in a professional sense we can do that without having to like do anything else right um, but you have to have that established with the person and right. maybe that requires explicit communication maybe that's an understanding mm-hmm. um but like you said like i it's mm. it's difficult for me because i'm yes. like when i when i enter into something very businessy i want to remain like very businessy and right because you don't want to mess anything up you want right. to like preserve the relationship exactly. yeah and it gets tricky when you start oh, playing with that lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> um nice okay that was number three so number four number four is specifying and continuously progressing your product and service okay do you want to start you want me to start uh, you can start. Okay. So, um, especially when you're starting out, it's great to remain open about what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. um, in filmmaking, but in general. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm going to use, um, I'll use film, filming as an example. Like, you know, when I first started out with Kevin, in my mind, I was like, we're just doing Geo So Bad. Like, that's yeah. what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kevin was like doing other stuff. And I was like, wait, like, I kind of want to, like, experience more of that, you know? Yeah. And then I realized, like, wait, why am I narrowing myself to this particular type of filmmaking? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I decided to actually, like, shoot my own vlog. And, mm-hmm. um, and kind of having that open-mindedness in the beginning of, like, 
seeing what comes, mm -hmm. um, I think is really important and something I didn't like understand the value of in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also important to like, as you get more and more acquainted with the work that you're doing both like in shooting and in video editing and in the administrative aspect and in like merchandise, for mm -hmm. example, um, begin to narrow down like and and say no to things that you don't need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So um, like we, you know, maybe we'll be selling like GSO Vibes mugs, <laughs> but right now we're going to focus on stickers and T-shirts. You know right, what I mean? Like right. we don't need to be putting GSO Vibes on everything because right. that's a lot of expense. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like videography service. Um, I, me personally, I can't speak for Kevin because we're also, you know, we also do our own thing. Mm -hmm. But like me personally, like I'm not going to travel outside of North Carolina for, to shoot things um, for other people. Mm -hmm. If I'm, I mean, I'm traveling to LA and I'm going to shoot things there, but it's for me. All right. Um, because that's a travel expense that I don't want to have to account for right now. Right. Um, so, so that's, that's what I have to say about like continuously uh, progressing or, or, you know, becoming specific, but also continuously progressing in like what service and product you're providing. Gotcha. Gotcha. You want to, you want to add or? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So this is the, this is an, a, a one, there's, there's a couple aspects of this, mm -hmm. but um, I think, I think one idea is, is just developing and having a, a great like portfolio. If you're talking mm -hmm. about steps to, to, uh, having a successful business mm -hmm. that that impress that first impression um, where people are going to your website um, you want to kind of continually make that as impressive as possible and and model after people who model after successful websites or mm -hmm. or you know pick who, who, who you uh, kind of want to become and then look at all the different things that they're doing mm -hmm. and and you can model after that to for to kind of improve your quality um, and and it's kind of a as long as you keep working and what and trying to learn from other people, mm -hmm. um, and which could be YouTube, it could be working with with people in the industry, mm -hmm. uh, but but just improving your product. I, I think in also in terms of videography, improving our product has been a, a big part of that. Has been just been like how we interact with the with who the client or mm -hmm. who with whoever wants a video or a sponsorship. How how we have a a workflow and things kind of prepared for them and mm -hmm. uh, doc, documents uh, just just all of that mm -hmm. is is also an improve continual improving on on your service. Yeah, so. I agree with that. It it made me think of two things. One was um, the concept of being a inch wide but a mile deep, as opposed to being a mile wide but an inch deep in terms of like focusing on how you said right now you just focus on t-shirts and stickers as well t-shirts stickers hats boots you know whatever an array of things um just narrowing down and focusing on that and and now too i'm thinking about like the concept of jack of all trades master of none because you're just trying your hand at everything instead of focusing on one particular thing yeah. um and then also made me think about um, one of my professors in grad school holly garima he would say you want to be a filmmaker, you got to watch movies, you got to make movies. And I think a lot of times people get like analysis paralysis, like they're just constantly studying the material, but you're not actually producing anything. 
um, and you're not you're you're studying it, but you're not studying it like looking at it, like how you say go to a website and look at a website. You're just like reading in the book how to make a website. So, I, I think that can be applied to anything that you're trying to do in life. If you want to do something, you need to practice it, do it yourself, and they need to see other people who are doing it. And you know you can mimic it until you can formulate your own style and your own way of doing it. So yeah, love that advice as well. So. Master of none. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Step five. When the last lap of the race. What's step five? Be patient and enjoy the work. Yes. Um, I know it's kind of like silly to end the steps on like something so like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, that's I, I talked about this with you um, at the interview, you know, for mm-hmm. GSO Vibes that. Um, I, you know, I got frustrated and, or I was getting frustrated and I felt like, you know, we have to do these, like, uh, we have to like do specific uh, people. Like we can't even like pick our own people to like interview or, um, you know, like, oh, like we can't even increase like how much we're charging right now because um, we're still like, you know, we're still like within this contract or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just like was um, frustrated that we weren't moving forward as mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. um and then you told me the story of the book of job yes um, and i was like you know what like <laughs> it was kind of like a a reminder in my head to be to be patient and to know that like i'm putting my work in mm-hmm. but i'm not entitled mm-hmm. to um be so far ahead i mean i've been doing this less than a year like, yeah i've been in filmmaking for less than a year why would i be any farther than a year's worth of of credibility of mm-hmm of money mm-hmm. of um you know of re- of those relationships and network- networking mm-hmm. um and also like enjoy the work and we've talked about this throughout like all of tonight mm-hmm. um enjoying the work is really important at one point or another again i was i was doing so much work for gso vibes and for women time mm-hmm. and i wasn't doing anything creative for myself mm-hmm. um that uh eventually that's when i did my own vlog and mm-hmm. i like and i separated the personal video videography or personal filmmaking and the professional filmmaking mm-hmm. um and that ironically allowed me to enjoy the work that i was doing for geo survives again mm-hmm. um and obviously that's like a very specific like situation but kind of just re- like having those mental reminders of um like why you're doing that and that's mm-hmm. why it's again important to have those values established mm-hmm. because then you can always go back to that value like why am i doing this again it's like oh right it's because we care about the community and right. we want to provide the community with this mm-hmm. uh, uh, with this platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, those are the two things: is be patient, know that you're making progress, even if the progress isn't super visible right now. Right. And enjoy the work. Find ways to enjoy it. Remember your values and separate your personal fun from the professional fun. So, yeah. yeah, I dig that, man. <laughs> oh, it's you. Um, yeah, I would say that the patience as a mindset mm-hmm. is is really helpful if you're trying to put out your own work. I just want to pause on oh, that one. Yeah. That was like gold right there. Uh, patience <laughs> as a mindset. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so so if you're thinking if if you're thinking about the like the short term, you're really thinking about, oh, I put this 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 video out or of, of myself speaking or something on 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 online. You're thinking about what how that's going to be received. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about the long term, you're thinking about, you know, how this video is going to build on, you know, you'll make a better video, you'll make a better video. That'll that'll kind of lead somewhere else. And then you'll be remaking some really amazing things that you, you 
couldn't really imagine in the first place. So seeing your work, uh, if, if, if one of the, your issues is having kind of that paralysis of, of creating, mm -hmm. um, seeing your work as, as like just a practice and, and just keep doing just continually doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sometimes for me is a problem cause I'll take too many photos and <laughs> take too much video. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I like to go out and, and just, and just shoot sometimes just keep it, have, have the camera in hand and, um, and just and continually be uh, sort of engaging with that. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's one important thing, especially if you're you're starting out for your mindset of putting out your work. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. <laughs> you just said too, um, seeing your work as practice mm -hmm. is like that's deep too because I think sometimes you do get caught up in like it got to be perfect it got to be right you know what I'm saying it's like no it's a process you know and you do it you learn from it you grow you create your next piece you do it you learn from it you grow so I never thought about that seeing your work as a practice like constant evolution of growth yeah, yeah. throughout your process of creating yeah I'm so happy <laughs> oh I've learned so much from you all tonight. <laughs> I really have. I love it. Uh, okay. So you've given the five practical steps um, for GSO Vibes course, because you are a professor of the GSO Vibe course <laughs> of how to do this thing. Um, so tonight, what's the homework that people have to do before they come to your class tomorrow? Because you just gave uh -huh. them the syllabus. What's the homework tonight? Yeah. So the concept is is based kind of on, on developing a brand. Mm -hmm. um, what are the different steps that need to go into that? Mm -hmm. um there there's 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 a, like creating a logo and, and learning your like what what colors work and and what fonts you want to use and mm -hmm. um so this is this is our, our assignment mm -hmm. is 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 to is to create a a plan of what you want to put out um content calendar is like super big for any anyone who and when I say content calendar it sounds like really like you know like mm -hmm. official or whatever but it's really just like you said planning out what it is that you're going to put out into the world mm -hmm. um, and you do have to already have like like you said the logos and the fonts and basically like the, the brand that you want to like uh, that you want to include I'm so sorry it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the brand that you want to include in uh, in that content so what I would say um, is I mean it all, always depends on like what kind of medium you're doing but you you say that you're going to have this many pieces of content let's say mm -hmm. that it's 10 mm -hmm. right I want to put out 10 pieces of content over the course of uh, six months mm -hmm. um, and those 10 pieces of content are 10 different videos mm -hmm. right I'm just using filmmaking so you first determine um, what what do you need to do to create the videos right like mm -hmm. what to shoot to edit um, and you go through each video that you're going, like each, the concept for each video, you mm -hmm. storyboard each video. Mm -hmm. um, you make a, you, once you storyboard the video, you then know which people you need to contact. Mm -hmm. Do you need to schedule things with those people or do you just need uh, those people to send you certain things, mm -hmm. um, like interviews or like photos of theirs? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, do you need uh, materials? Do you have those materials? Can you borrow them? Mm -hmm. Can you rent them? Do you have to buy them? Mm -hmm. Do you need to plan a budgeting scheme in order to purchase them? Um, what tasks need to be accomplished? Like, do you need to shoot and edit, or do mm -hmm. you, or do you already have content 
uh, like ready? Like, is it is it are you like for example, if the video is going to be like a slideshow of sorts, and it's going to be uh, pictures of an artist's work, then mm -hmm. a lot of the content is already made that artist just has to send it to you. So you mm -hmm. you determine that for each video, mm -hmm. and then you schedule it across the course of either a month or a week, depending on how how much work it's going to take. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's say again, it's the ten videos. If I know that um, for each video, it's going to take me over two weeks mm -hmm. to gather all the content and uh, and just have it, um, and then another week to edit it all, right? Mm -hmm. Then you know that it's going to take three weeks for each video just to create it. Mm -hmm. And then you want to schedule when you're going to put it out and where you're going to put it out. Mm -hmm. Let's use Instagram as an example. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple because it's like one post, right? Mm -hmm. You determine what the post is going to be. Like, are you going to, um, is it going to be the video itself? In that case, it's going to be 10 posts. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's going to be uh, three posts per video, for example, then you need to determine what each of the posts is going to be about that video. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be a picture? Is it going to be a video? Or is it going to be a graphic on mm -hmm. Canva, for example? Um, so then you, you know, determine each of those things. And then you put it out on an actual calendar and you say, okay, like if it's going to take me three, uh, four weeks for the creation of one video, then it's going to take me 10 months. I mean, I'm over exaggerating, right? Um, 10 months to create all 10 videos. Mm -hmm. Um, and that means that only after the first two or three months, can I start posting the first few videos? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. But you know, that's the kind of like, those are the kinds of questions you have to ask yourself in order to plan out the content you're going to produce. Mm -hmm. And why are we talking about content? Because that's the majority of how we promote things now, mm -hmm. whether you're a filmmaker or a maker, mm -hmm. like, a, you know, you let's say you do pottery or you like make prints. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a guitar teacher. One way or another, in order for you to generate business and or for your customers to actually see what you can, what they can buy from you, mm -hmm. um, you're probably going to have to use the internet to mm -hmm. promote yourself. Mm -hmm. um, if there's anyone out there that can go to businesses and hand them flyers, and that's how you're making money, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear your story. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's what we mean in terms of like homework. If yeah. you if you're really serious about getting there that's how much work it takes um and that's why it's important to like maybe have a team and mm -hmm. in that case it changes like the scope of the content because mm -hmm. you have to like see like if the team is interested in creating that with you right um do you have to account for that for the the team's like preferences and stuff mm -hmm. like that um but yeah so that's that's the really big homework <laughs> assignment that we have yeah it's all good that's a whole prerequisites course yes. before they can even get to your course you got like a high level course but i like mm -hmm. it though and i totally agree i mean because i think that people really don't think about the details and how much it really takes to get things going it's just like oh i want to make a video it's like mm, no it's a process you have to have a plan of action i mean it's a process to just create the content in general let alone now you have to make up a process to market the content yep. that you have in order to get the audience to come back so i think that was very real advice you know what i'm saying and a very real piece of homework for them to create do before they actually come to the course yeah. and do that so yeah yeah I appreciate y'all so much for coming on the show. I'm so inspired. Um, I've learned so much. I think the people are going to love this content. 
I'm just happy. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you too again for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming out. Um, and this has been another edition of the Artist Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Schuler. You can follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook, not TikTok. Well, don't do TikTok yet. Anyway, you can follow me on social media at Watch Trisha Shula, and we'll catch you next time.